Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need you all to silence your cell phones and hold your applause until after we are finished. And most importantly, shut your mouth because United by Wrestling Podcast is live, baby. I'm your host, Dustin Destruction, with my co-host, Wang In from Asheboro, North Carolina. <sighs> when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. Asheboro, North Carolina, he is the legend from the underground, <laughs> the 16-time backyard wrestling champion, <laughs> who's going to be bringing his expertise to every single match because he says he does it himself, <laughs> the shipster, baby. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> You're such an asshole. Okay, first off, the 16-time part, unfortunately, that's true. Did I say I have expertise? No, because I don't do it professionally. Never did I say I did. Well, you're a world champion. <sighs> yeah, from a freaking little Walmart title that we used to that we glued a bunch of shit on to make it look different. Okay, yeah, right. All right, well, this is uh, kind of an impromptu podcast that we weren't planning on doing today, but after TakeOver today, we had to. This is a NXT TakeOver, NXT 25. NXT TakeOver, take, NXT TakeOver 25, there you go. Yeah, either way, the 25 was symbolic. But, uh, so we're going to do it for you guys, because, well, I mean, why would we not? It was a hell of a show. And, you know, we figured we want to do podcasts that are more entertaining, not us bitching about the awful state of Vince's products <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like this and the one from AEW are ones I look forward to. Yeah. So, oh, hell yeah. Uh, real quick, we'll announce some changes. So, as you can see today, we're going to start doing shows the same day as big events so we can get it out quicker to you guys. And, uh, is that the only change? I forgot. What else will we talk about? Well, we're just going to, we're probably going to do, we're probably going to end up doing two shows a week. We're going to, we're going to end up doing two shows a week. We'll do on pay per views, especially the ones like this. We'll do, we're going to do one tonight. And then this week, we'll do our normal. <laughs> Uh, regular pitching, normal vent, uh, as we like to call it, as we like to call it at United by Wrestling, our venting hour on Raw and SmackDown. Damn, so we could get up to three when a- AEW and then, uh, and then of on course, TNT shows. Then when AEW shows up weekly, we'll, we'll, so we'll probably be rounding about two or three shows for you guys here coming up pretty sh- as the year goes on. Like I said, I'm excited for this podcast because, you know, I want you guys to see some variety that we're not cranky smarks <laughs> every time we talk because uh, it sure comes off that way. Yeah, because if you watch the uh, just the normal Raw and SmackDown recaps, you pretty much get that impression. It's like, dude, would you? Especially this week since they need Taker, Goldberg, and Lesnar to just get ratings. So I'm glad we're doing a positive podcast because on Tuesday I'll probably be some bitching again. Because don't FYI. you dare be sour. All right. So, um, NXT TakeOver Connecticut. 25. 25, yes. Uh, what did you think of the show in general? Well, the show in general was just like, this, this is how shows are done. This is how you do a show. This is how it, it's supposed to be done. The crowd was engaged from start to finish. It wasn't a seven-hour show. It wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't a, a show that felt like at any point whatsoever it drug on too long. And every single match, literally every single match, was a potential match of the show candidate. And, hell, there were even a couple match of the year candidates in there. So yeah. it's like this, tri- Triple H continues to prove that this is how shows and this is how shit is supposed to be done. 
Yeah. I put out a tweet earlier that it's like, in NXT, the whole the crowd is on fire the whole show from start to finish. No dead things. You know what else was on fire from start to finish? Double or nothing. It's amazing when, you know, people put on a good product, a good show, how people actually give a shit, how ratings go up, <coughs> and how audience numbers and viewers should go up. It's like, what about that is so hard for the old man to understand? Ah, well, yeah. well, well, we'll get more into that on Monday and Tuesday. No, well, no, my point, my, well, my point is, is that NXT always delivers, and when you put on a good product, it shows because people like us are engaged in wanting to do a podcast. I mean, it's like, it's like that's just a, that's just a good point though. I don't understand how like where in the concept of general thinking you just you're just like you know how the hell you're supposed to be like you know this that you don't. I, I don't understand because it's like this is how shows are supposed to be done, and yeah. it's like Vince just doesn't understand that concept. Yeah, so this isn't a shame, Vince. I'm sure that will happen a lot on Tuesday's episode. Of course, but, uh, no, it's just amazing. It just, it just shows that fans still love wrestling when they're given a quality product to love. I guess is kind of the thing. That's like the sum up, and then it's like uh, I, this is a side note. I really, I, it really doesn't have anything to do with Vince versus Hunter and all that shit. But tonight's theme song was by the band Under Oath. And it just goes to show you that Hunter is still so in the loop on good theme songs for his <laughs> events. Because Under Oath is one of my favorite bands. Like they've been they've been they were a huge part of my of my metalcore upbringing when I in my early teenage years. And it's like the fact that Hunter just picked one of their songs from their from their newest album as one of the as the theme song for Takeover it was like, thank you Hunter. You still know what good theme songs are. <laughs> Yeah, it's not CFO every damn time. It's not that gar- horribly... Pr- I could produce better shit than they do. But anyway, let's talk about the card. Yeah, so what's up with that? I just want to make that point up is that, you know, it's amazing what good wrestling gets you and it gets, you know, people excited and feeling good about the, you know, so that's my whole point. But my thoughts on the whole card and the whole show was fucking take my money. It's like... But that the thing is, you can say about any. It's like you come to expect that from NXT because yeah. you know they'll put on a good product. Right. So it's like it was fantastic. But then it's like, what I tried? Does anybody expect anything less? But it was like it was like one of those things. Like we talked about. I think it was when we talked about it on the AEW show. It was like you know it's going to be good, but then when you watch like you like take like Takeover tonight, you knew it was going to be a good show. But then when mm-hmm. you sit and watch it, and it actually even better than you expected it makes the show that much better because you knew the show was going to be good but you didn't but after watching it and how good it really turned out to be it it just like exceeded all your expectations and it made the show that much better yeah i don't know i mean i love it for you know a good amount of things are good you know it's like People were like saying how the you know stage didn't look like a typical thing, you know, because it looked it looked like a standard ring because they went back to their roots for this show, you know, where NXT all started. Like the set wasn't over fancy, you know. Nor did it need anything. to be. It didn't need to be. Nothing, nothing needs to be. It's the wrestling and the quality in the ring is what makes the shows good. And one thing I loved was the little you know tribute package they had at the start of yeah. every all twenty five takeovers, right. It's crazy to think of all the memories. You know, Rollins started there, like, done at E-Wise, of course. You know, Paige, like, Zane and Cesaro, Natty and Charlotte. Shinsuke, Joe. Like, it's just amazing. It's just amazing the things that, you know, the wrestlers that came up there and the quality that 
Hunter Triple H put on for us for every. It's just I think fans take for granted that because of how crappy the main roster is, and I oh. think people losing. Oh, I think people lose in touch of how good some of these wrestlers are. Like Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, we'll get into that. So, But it's like, oh, Lord, thy Hunter Hurst Helmsley, thou will one day save us. Yeah. And that'll be an entertaining time when, you know, hopefully AEW's big enough then they can go to war and just imagine that. But anyway, once again, another topic. But, uh, yeah, um, real quick, you know, pre-show, Tommaso Ciampo was there. It was pretty cool. That to was bad. What did you say? That was badass, and then he gets up on the table getting everybody hyped <laughs> up and shit. Say, this is his house? <laughs> like, that was awesome as hell. Gotta love the black card. I can't wait to see him get in the ring. I personally really like Tommaso Chico. Oh, I like his work in Ring of Honor as a Sicilian psychopath. Oh, yeah, he's badass. And then we're not even going to talk about his views of Gargano and stuff. Those are pretty boring. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, right. Card-wise, first match of the night, we had the resonant Bro Stoner of the WWE, Matt Riddle versus Roddy Wrestling or the Messiah the Batbreaker, whatever eight million names Roddy Strong has. What's your, what were your thoughts on that match? Bro, I had to do it. I had to do it. Dude, <laughs> dude is literally like the epitome of living stone. But that was, it's like I, I like personally. Before we get into that, like the, talking about the nicknames of Roger Strong, my favorite is the Messiah of the Backbreaker. That's my yeah, Morrow did really good. On that, that, that's that's yeah. my favorite nickname of his. But now that match was it's like the, honestly, like I saw a lot of people tweeting about you know how that was probably the best that both Strong and Riddle have looked since they've been in NXT. Mm-hmm. And I actually have to agree with that, especially with Riddle. I mean, Strong, you know, constantly proves why you know he's as good as he oh, is. But he's... but Riddle, you know, that was honestly I think the best thing, best work Riddle's done since he's got there. I was about to say because he's done some damn good work in the. Indies. Yeah, it's like when he people forget people forget and Riddle came from that. It's not like he's new. Yeah, it's he like in NXT and he stepped foot and he had to learn a whole new wrestling style. Yeah, it's like people like his work in Evolve was really good. Yeah, and but no, it's like that was honestly Riddle's best. That that match was a hell of an amazing way to kick off oh, the yeah. show, and that was like I said, the best work that Riddle's done since he's got there, and it was like to for for Riddle can, to continue his momentum that he's gotten in recent weeks and months in NXT is. I'm expecting, you know, he'll be quite in line soon for a big title opportunity. Well, then he, he had one against Velveteen Dream, I find, in North American title and lost. Well, I think he'll be, I think he'll be in the NXT, I mean, the, the, yeah, the NXT championship picture here before too long. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Gargano now, but. Everybody, yeah, see, that's another great thing about wrestling. You know, a great show is they give a match to get Riddle and Strong was the perfect opening match to get the fans, you know, engaged and excited. It was a perfect, you know, what pace starter. I guess, yeah, I mean, because it, it it kicked off the show with the right tone. You had a you know you had a hard hitting, fast paced match, and you had two fan favorites. And it was like it was a it was a it was really they gave really good time to it. And it was just like that was the perfect way to you know just like pretty much get everybody out their seats and get it get them going. And it just kept going from there. So they picked Hunter picked the perfect match to start the show off with with that yeah. one. Honestly, I think people forget just how good both those guys are because they're not in, like, any big feuds right now. Right. Like, Roderick, especially Roderick Strong. It's like, you know, O'Reilly and Fish were in the tag team pictures. And right. Obviously, Cole's now the champion. But I think people forget how good, especially Roderick Strong, is. Like, right. I agree. People, like, they don't realize how good he was in Impact. Like, I wonder how many people realize that. Yeah. Or Ring of Honor or 
any of that. Like the dude, I don't think puts on bad matches. I not that I, 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 I've been, if he has, I can't remember. I was like, I've been, I've been, a, I've been a fan, a fan of Roger Strong since his work in ROH, and I can't ever think of a time when I've sat and said, "Damn, that was not that good of a match that he's been in." Yeah. Then the resident stoner bro, bro, does really good at incorporating his like martial arts yeah. background. Yeah, people he, forget. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people knew, know that you know he had. I mean, the way he wrestles, you see the martial arts, but he does a really way, good way of incorporating that in wrestling. Those free gut wrench suplex, like free amigo thing he was yeah. doing. That was, be- that, was like, that was a work of beauty right there. So it's like that match was awesome. Like I think you know. It was the perfect way to start off the show. I don't think there's really any other better way. No, you. Could, I don't you know, think you could have picked out of the card. I don't think you could have picked a better match to start the show off with. You know, instead of having someone sit down there and talk for 30 minutes on a promo to start the show. <laughs> and then about 10 Saudi Arabia commercials afterwards and network plugs. But, um, oh, no, we got, enough of the, we got enough of those during commercial breaks. That's true. Up next, we got... Let's talk about that tag team match. You know, that that match, God, not only was probably the best tag team match in WWE, but it could possibly be up there for tag team match of the year. Yeah, honestly, it really definitely could have been, or could easily is, be put there. I mean, I think it's in the same line as the Bucks and the Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros. Yeah, was I, I, honestly, I think it was up there. Honestly, like when you're talking about like general just wrestling, general wrestling of the year, all companies match of the year candidate. When you get to the tag team category, this match should definitely be in that. I mean, because yeah, you had four, so. you had four amazing tag teams, and it it had everything that a fatal four way tag team match ladder match should have in it. Oh yeah, and. You know, I'm happy that the Street Profits won. I love those guys. Those dudes are awesome as hell. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, you know, I hate to, I hate, I'm going to quote Dave. Shout out to Dave. Um, the the spots in that match were insanely good. And Kyle O'Reilly, I swear to God, his back is like not human, like made of a human spine. His it was busted open in the match. His back must be like made of like fucking like Superman steel or something. Mm-hmm. Because holy shit, you you talk about the bumps that he took on not just you know the um, um, numerous amount of bumps he took on the ring, which is no mattress to begin with, <laughs> and then all the bumps he took on various ladder corners and ladder spines or, or and off the ladder or off the ladder. I mean, good god, take. And I'm, so I'm glad, I, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that also that um, Danny Burch and Oni Lorkin were in this match. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it gave. I think I, I feel that it gave it gave people a chance to see how good both Danny Burch and Oni Lorkin actually are. Yeah. Because you know they they haven't they're not exactly top stars in NXT, mm-hmm. but you know on a match like this with the time that they had, they're both incredible wrestlers, and you know uh, Danny Burch has got that British strong style kind of thing going, that British technical style, and then. You know, or Oni Lorkin's just a fucking madman when it comes to like various various spots and shit, and it, it, it's like it, it gave people, I think, a really good chance to just see how good both of them actually are. Mm-hmm. I agree. I that match for me lived up to expect. I think exceeded expectations because it's like I'm one of those guys. Like, I've watched NXT, but you know, this, you know, what is what is fucking Merc Buddy's name? Blake. What? 
Blake's the Rising Suns, the Forgotten Suns. Oh yeah, the Rising then, Suns. <laughs> I I don't know that group very much, honestly. I'm gonna be honest here. And then Oni and Lorkin, Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch. I mean, like you said, I feel it's good for them because like I know who they are, but if you said their names right off the bat, it would take me a second to pause because you know they don't get the promotion. Yeah, that you know the other teams get. So it's cool to see like those guys thrown in there with you know. Undisputed Era is the most over tag team there. So being there if a match with them in the street. Well, I don't know because like, the Street Profits are pretty over right now, too. So putting them with those two teams that are very well known. Yeah. Gets their name out there a little bit more. And Street Profits, I'm glad they won. Like, I was rooting for Red Undisputed Era because I'm a huge fish and O'Reilly guy. I was a fan of them when they were Red Dragon. Oh, hell yeah. You know, I love those guys. But, you know, the Street Profits are one of those teams that literally. I hate to use this line. Started from the bottom in NXT. Yeah, and now they're here. Well, and they're and they're 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 really like the definition of a complete tag team because mm-hmm. they're not only entertaining as holy hell, you know, but they're also both amazing wrestlers at the same Damn time. Yeah. So it's like when you have that combination of you know being entertain as as you know the the personality that they have and the persona that they have being that entertaining, but then when you also ha- are as good in the ring as they are, it it makes it makes perfect sense as to why like you know you you'd want to give them a tag run, a title mm-hmm. run, and I'm, I'm glad that they I'm glad that they won that. No, I'm glad they are too. Very entertaining, good wrestlers. Like there's not one complaint from anybody. I don't think you know. Hell, I saw the wrestlers on Twitter tweeting about how they won those. They, it's their time. They deserve it. They've waited in the back of the line for a long time now, you know, while certain teams, you know, War Raiders and the Undisputed Era and things like that were dominating the scene. But, you know, they're just as good. Yeah. You know, they're a damn good tag team, so it's good to see them finally step out of the shadows, I guess. Now, you know, the War – sorry, not the War Raiders, the Viking Raiders are gone. <laughs> now they're out of the way that another team could step up. With Undisputed Era, because right. you know, they've held enough to they've held the titles enough. It's you know, it's cool to see you know another team get the chance. But um, yeah, <laughs> that match like like you said, I don't know how Kylie or Kylie Kylie. Oh my god, <laughs> are you thinking about Kylie Ray? <sighs> Kyle O'Reilly, smile. Which is funny because I just said yeah, I was a big fan of Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> I just called my girl name, but uh. Smiley Kylie. Love you, Kylie Ray. Love you, Kyle O'Reilly. Didn't mean it. Um, I don't know how he was able to get himself off the mat to be at celebrate Adam Cole here in the show. Like that dude, honestly, I thought with, with the spots he take took in that match that he would need to be carried out of the arena after the show. Yeah. Like the dude's back was busted open. He got power bombed into the frame of the ladder to knock fish off of it. Like he got power bomb onto the ladder straight up. Right. You know, he got thrown off the ladder. Like the dude was a human spot reel in that match. He really was, and that's no bullshit. Like he <laughs> like like I said for um back when uh what was it, the AEW match, the um who did I say was out here oh. make- no, oh, you no, keep no, bringing no. up AEW. No, no, no. Um, it was during the Money in the Bank match actually, because I know I said this one. I can't remember if it was the AEW show or Money in the Bank, but Somebody, it was actually the men's money in the bank. Andrade's out here making a fucking highlight reel, and O'Reilly was doing the fucking same thing in in that match tonight. It was a literally a Kyle O'Reilly highlight reel. Yeah, he was looking like Finn Balor and Ricochet. You know, with how he both those guys were getting thrown off the ladder all damn match. 
So, yeah, no, that was I – mean, I love that match thoroughly. I think, like you said and I said, that is a tag team match of the year candidate. Right oh, there. yeah, easily. I don't think – I mean, other people might, you know, think differently, but that's my personal opinion. I ain't Dave Meltzer. I'm not going to give it a rating. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to – Nobody wants to be Meltzer. If I was Dave Meltzer, I'd give it a five out of five. I'm pretty sure all matches on this card would get should get a five. It's like – but I don't know. He'll probably rate like none of them are five. Obviously, <laughs> made Cole and Gargano. But nobody cares about Meltzer. Yeah, surprising a lot of people take him at his word. Well, that's because a lot of people are idiots. But anyway, all right. Up next, we got. Hey everybody, look! It's, it's Tyler. Tyler. No, 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 no! You got to do it right. Oh my God! Look! Hey everybody, it's Tyler. Yeah. See, I can't get my voice out. Squeaky. Shut up. So <laughs> we got. Tyler Breeze versus Velveteen Dream. Dream. That was an amazing match, too. Hell, yeah. I mean, and it's good. It's so good to see Tyler Breeze back where he's actually being used. And it's like another chance for people who, you know, are newer to NXT to, like, see how good Tyler Breeze actually is. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Because for all the people that, you know, like all the all the WWE main roster mainstay people, it's like they just look at Tyler Breeze and like, oh, God, he sucks. It's like, watch this match. Watch this match right here. And you'll see why Tyler Breeze is as good as he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, Dream is fucking amazing. <laughs> that doesn't even go without – that goes without saying. Dream's gold. Dream is like – Dream is like the complete package of just – Personality, charisma, character, you know, just everything about him is, is just a, a complete package of, go- of 24 karat gold. Completely reinvent himself from just being Patrick Clark to this guy. I mean, like, what? I was saying, are, it's like, it's, it's are like, they even the same people? Like, yeah, Patrick, going oh, tough enough, you know, how does I'm passionate? You know, I love her wrestling speeches, but, you know, who would ever thought Velveteen Dream when it came from? Yeah, it's like, and, and so many people don't, I, I know so many people don't know that, yes, Patrick Clark from Tough Enough is Velveteen Dream. And he was an indie circuit, and he wasn't like that on the indie circuit either. No, he it's like. for Maryland Championship Wrestling with Leo Rush. Yeah, it's like, people forget, just like, I mean, it's another thing. It's like, yeah, Patrick Clark was definitely not the dream. And it's like, where the hell he came up with that? But I'm sure as hell glad but he Hunter did. did. I'm glad as hell whoever came up with it. I'm but, yeah, Tyler Breeze. It's so good to see him. People forget, like, before there was Finn Balor and Shinsuke and them being the top flag bearers, you know, Finn and Shinsuke and those guys get kind of the credit for the rise of NXT, I would yeah. say. But, um, that's when it started hitting mainstream. But Tyler Breeze and Sami Zayn, when they were both there, were the flag bearers. Yep. Like, they were the underdogs. That's, they were the ones that crowds got super behind. You know, Sami's doing his thing on the main roster. At least he's being used. Right. Tyler Breeze just got lost in the shuffle as a passion. Fashion Police? Yeah, Fashion Police with uh, another forgotten soul of the main roster, Fondango. So he's injured. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad, you know, Hunter said, you know, come back home. You know, and I, I tweet on this. I hope he does have some other people, too. Yeah, I do. Know, say who that. aren't being used. Because there's so many damn talented guys that come from NXT that just get lost in the shit. Well, I mean, you got, so many, you got so many people that Hunter's personally mentored and helped and are, shit that are on the main roster now literally asking for their release because they're not being used. Yeah, so hopefully he can... You know, some guys are going to have their minds made up and want release. But maybe some of the other guys, you know, can be called back to the... 
and it seemed like, hey, help grow the brand again as a veteran. Yeah. Because, you know, people forget Tyler Breeze is the same guy that, you know, wrestled Jushin Thunder Liger. Yep. You know, and had a damn good match with him. The dude is good. And I feel bad for anybody that, you know, fought otherwise because, you know, his booking on the main roster. So hopefully after this match, they had today, you know, obviously if they're watching, they have a subscription, they can go down the archives of NXT and maybe watch some more matches just to see how damn good that guy is. Yeah. And Velveteen, like we said, you know, it was uh, without saying. But the match itself, I thought it was great because you have both kind of flamboyant characters, you know, cocky, you know, love themselves, you know, freaking Tyler Breeze with his, you know, selfie stick and then Velveteen Dream takes his phone out and starts <laughs> taking selfies. So, I mean, both the same, like, clash of styles, but they're also the same way kind of thing. Yep. You know, that spot where he had Tyler, like, laying on the announce of the title belt underneath him and take a selfie that I thought was hilarious. <laughs> gold. Just that was, gold. Like, that was just like one of those straight gold moments. And, and then they take a selfie post-match. Like, <laughs> okay. That, I mean, what the hell? I, I don't know what to say about that match. It was awesome. The storytelling was amazing. You know, the Clash of Styles was great. Both guys, you know, hitting their peak. You know, Velveteen's on the rise like no other oh, yeah. as a champion. And Tyler Breeze is like... They're like kind of recreate himself to show just how damn good he actually is. I like is. the um, I like the post match selfie. It's like Velveteen's like, yeah, let's take a selfie, and then he just does this little flamboyant like like walk out kind of thing after the selfie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a selfie with you, but now the spotlight's still on me, which makes no sense why he keeps wanting to be called up. I, say, I never understood that. That's, one, that's but... the thing. That's the only I think if if you had to pick like a a, a negative to Velveteen Dream is that he's like clamoring and begging to be called up. It's like, you do not want that. You don't want that. <laughs> so you don't want that, bro. You, your gimmick right now just has Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze had a flamboyant, you know, selfie stick robe and stuff. And look where that got him. I was saying, and then. Right you, on the catering line. I was saying, and then if you get called up, Vince will like your character for a week. And then <laughs> you'll be, you'll be hanging out with Fondango and catering and. Maybe you may be chasing around a twenty four seven title if you get lucky. Yeah, it's like literally, essentially, that's all. So it's like just trust, just trust Hunter. Just that's all you need to do. Yeah. So all right, up next we have Shanna Baszler versus Io Shirai. There What'd you, you think you about said that match? It. Holy shit, you said it right. So I've been saying it wrong all day, and then I get on the podcast and say it first time. Yay me! Showtime contents under pressure. Wait. But no, in that, my clutch, I step up. I say you stepped up in the clutch, dog. <laughs> but no, that match, uh, the I think the that match had a lot of like I think under like rated storytelling. I don't think a lot of people like watching were like paying attention to how good the storytelling was there, because like toward, especially towards the end when Shayna locked in the um, Coquina clutch or whatever the hell you call it, whatever the hell she calls it, her version of it. Yeah. Um. It's like when she locked that in, you know, and EO's fighting and fighting and, you know, like the I won't be beaten type like storytelling there was really, really good. And it's like, I don't, I think EO's another one of those women in WWE that people don't know how good she really is. And like the stuff that she did in Japan and how good she really was. And it's like, I'm glad she, she had a, a main spotlight match on a takeover card for like to be able to showcase how, you know, her nickname genius of the sky really implies to her style and the work that she does and yeah. her post match her post match like snap beatdown of Shayna 
yeah. was like the perfect momentum going into the rematch because you knew like at the end of the match they were going to have another one eventually because there's there's really no other like number one contenders lined up for Shayna. So yeah. it's like they were going to take this one and at least make it a two-parter. So they had to have something to, you know, set up the second one. And obviously EO's little – which is like – which is awesome because I think we're going to get like, we're finally getting that EO Shirai from stardom in NXT, which she did a lot of that kind of stuff in stardom. And now she's, you know, she's going to be bringing that character, that personality persona to NXT, which is going to be really badass for a lot of people to see. So it was like that, that match was especially towards the end for me was really, really amazing. Yeah. I don't know. That, that match had it kind of all, I think, you know, Io Shirai's, like, high-flying, you know, I call her the Queen of Skies because, I, I mean, she owns the Skies. I know it's genius. Catch it. No, I no, I know it's genius, but I'm saying Queen because she owns the Sky. Oh, hell yeah. Like, the way she flies around and stuff. But also, like, I think people really do not appreciate Shanna Baszler's work. I, 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 I have to agree with that because, like, she's another one of those that's obviously, you know, wrestling wasn't her first choice. And she's come over, and she's adapted both styles so well. How many people know that Shannon Baszler was actually on the indie scene? That I'd, I'd love to actually do, a, like, a poll on. Like, I'm pretty sure it was Shimmer I saw that she wrestled for. It's like, do a poll. How many people knew Shannon Baszler was an indie star? Oh, let's find out. Say <laughs> so, a Shimmer or fuck, Glow. But, I, I want to uh, say I'm, I'm I'm with you. I'm not 100. percent I think it was Shimmer. I think I say, I've I've watched him. I'm just looking it up because I don't want to be. I don't want to give false information to the people. Yeah, it's like I know she wrestled there. I'm just trying to remember. Them, but uh, don't quote us. Don't quote us. Hell, she was trained by Mercedes Martinez. If that says anything. Yeah, it's like that explains a lot. But oh. it's like don't quote us. We just how many people know she was an indie wrestler before NXT? Shimmer. It was. Shimmer. It was Shimmer. Oh, nice. We yeah, guessed we right. right. Oh, wow. We were Shimmer. right. We didn't guess. I had a hinge, but I just like well, a little bit. Of I should, okay, guess wasn't the right. We our gut feelings told us Shimmer, but it was okay. We're right. Well, because it's like they promoted her and like oh Duke and Shafir is you know coming up Ronda Rousey as a four horsemen, and so people are originally like okay, so they all just came straight from UFC like Ronda. Right. No one's married, you know, to Roddy Wrestling, one of the best wrestlers out there, and one's. From Shimmer, who was trained by Mercedes Martinez, who arguably you could say is the best women's wrestler on the planet. Yep. So, I don't think people like obviously people that watch NXT religiously know how good she is, but it's like, you know, I don't know if people that realize some of the mannerisms she's doing in the ring and how important they are. Like, yeah, she was teaching wrestling one on one in that match. She really was. She did that stomp to the the yeah the arm. Yeah, and get, what she worked that you know arm the whole match right like she didn't really like loose like she was doing in-ring psychology you know like perfect heel work 101 and perfectly you know picking uh, apart the you know baby face shirai yep and you know kind of like giving people hope that the big bad bully is going to keep beating her down and eventually you know yeah but i I think in now i think in the i think in the rematch i think eo will actually win and well yeah because shana did her heel you know Job two, she brought out yep. the you know monster out of Io Shirai. I yep. guess if you want to put it. Yeah, she she uh, even that like like we were talking about even that was wrestling one hundred and one. Yeah. You know, push push the baby face to the point where they have to where they have to snap and bring out a new side of them and 
it was like that that match had a like I said like like I said at the beginning it had a lot of underrated storytelling because I don't think people were that were watching were like you know realizing how good the storytelling was. Mm-hmm. So it was so, like you know it, the, it was just absolutely perfect. So what do you think they do with Candice and EO with that little thing they got going there? Do you think it turns into anything? I, I don't. I mean, it's got it's got potential to, but I think with EO bringing out her her new her new side, I guess you could say, I don't think it'll turn into anything. I mean, it could turn into like a potential match later on mm-hmm. once EO actually wins the women's championship. But I, I hope so. I think up until I think up until she actually wins, it's not going to be anything more than just you know a partner in her corner to defend against Shafir and Duke. Uh, but well, but, because you say that you know they don't have any with Candice LeRae, Candice wrestling. Yeah, anybody that don't know, I'm sure everybody who doesn't <laughs> like live under rock knows that's Johnny Gargano's wife. Yeah, but, uh, it's like now I think she'll be after Io wins the women's championship. I think then Candice will be the number one. Can, yeah, either Io turn full heel or Candice will turn heel, and she'll be the number rifle number one contender. Yeah, because Candice should not be just lost in the shuffle. Oh hell no! Like, has she had like a big time storyline since she's been there? Really? Not like, really. Big time? Not like, really. No. I don't think she's ever really been in the title picture. No, she's she she was more involved in the Gargano Champa storyline than That's she right. was. More as just Johnny. Literally, they put her as Johnny Wrestling's wife. That's it. Yeah, it's like literally she was more involved in that than any women's feud since she's been there. So hopefully she'll get her time. But also, obviously, since Shayna has a, you know. Right, MMA background, she has high paint tones, but EO was not letting up with those damn kendo stick shots. Of shame. Oh, hell no, those were like th- those, those kendo sticks would have made Babe Ruth proud. Oh, god, those, those it's... swings, those swings would have made every greatest hitter in baseball proud because good lord, those things were those things were whole, wholeheartedly every, every bit of strength she had left. Yeah. The lines across Shannon's back and the bruising tells that. I'm guessing Shannon went right back after that match and sat in the trainer's office of Kyle Riley. <laughs> Both sitting back there with about five ice packs on their back. <laughs> so that was a great match. Up next, you know, this match is pretty terrible, actually. I don't even think we should talk about it. Nah, I, I kind of agree. It was kind of kind of a letdown. Wasn't enough big guys in it. <laughs> but, uh, just two... Just two uh, indie wrestlers wrestling in their basement for ten bucks. <laughs> Which I'm, you know, what's funny is there might be a good amount of WWE fan base that thinks that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, we do because look what happened when Gargano and Ciampa got caught up. There wasn't too much re- reaction. No. So, all right. That being said, the main event of the card and the main event of this show ending out with Cole versus Gargano. Now. Before it's like obviously, I hope people sense the sarcasm when we're talking about oh, yeah. letdowns and all that shit. This match, we follow. I said we follow both those guys for, for a many years. Time, for so many, we, yeah, for many years now, we have followed both these both these guys. We're both huge fans of both of these guys, and we didn't have a certain pick. We did. We we love both of them, and it was just like that match was like we talked about with the tag match. When you're talking at the end of 2019 match of the year candidates if this match isn't in that conversation that's there's something wrong with that well they have two of them because their first match two out three falls was epic as hell too i mean hell i i 
I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think the sequel beat the original? I, I, or do you think pick. I'm not going to be that guy that tries to break down things? I'm not going to say that. Like, right. I, I can't pick. Yeah, I can't. I can't either. And it's just like, I mean, that this this match was like, like I tweeted. I, you tweeted the same thing during because we were both collabing, collab tweeting this match, and it, this this was wrestling 101. I mean, this is how a main event should be. The video package buildup was perfect. The match itself was a perfect five-star match. Shut up, Meltzer. I'm not giving you clout. Um, <laughs> and the the storytelling was off the charts in this match. I mean, literally both guys pulling out every using hell, even using each other's moves to try yeah. to try to put the other away. It it reminded me of like Rock and Austin days when they used to steal each other's finishers Just to try 10 times the wrestling ability. Uh, no offense to Dwayne well, Austin. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about their I'm not talking I'm not comparing their abilities. I'm talking about like <laughs> the storytelling they used to use by stealing each other's finishers to try to beat each other. I mean, it was like this match was just wrestling personified in one word. A complete wrestling match, this was it. This match was fucking I, I don't, you know, no pun intended. Phenomenal. Yeah. I, oh God, I just, I don't know if words can do that match justice. I don't think there's a group of words that you can use to say well, that was this match. I mean, hell no, because you could sit here for you could sit here for another two hours and use every word in the book that is a, a, a version of the word amazing. You could sit here and say incredible, phenomenal. You know, breathtaking, fucking, uh, just everything under the sun, and you'd be here for two hours. I mean, I sent free tweets out about it because I couldn't figure out my wording. Like, what a <laughs> fucking match! Absolutely amazing. It's like perfection at its finest. Wrestling one one. I've sent like sent like five variations trying to get my thoughts out about that match. And I, it's just like some guys are destined to wrestle each other. And Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole is one of those. Yeah, it's kind of like Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens fight forever. Please, well, these guys would fight forever too, and the fans were very accurate by chanting that. Hell, they, good God, hell, they were that match was if, just to like kind of try to sum up how good the match was. They got the fight forever chant twice. Yeah, I how many I times mean, I, was, I was saying it here in my chair watching them. TV. I mean, how many times, you know, usually, you know, in amazing matches like that, you get that chant once, but they got it twice. You know, because it felt like they were going to fight forever. So, <laughs> well, shit, it's like, but it's just like, still, you get that chant once, it's incredible. But if you get that chant twice in a single match, I mean, it, that pretty much sums up how good that match truly was. I mean, like, Cole was playing like the frustrated heel role, and Gargano was playing the you know I'm gonna not stay down babyface. Yeah. Also, it's just like they couldn't do like a better story at all. Like you say, I I don't know a way they could have done that, but freaking uh, like uh, Gargano escape. You know, Cole was fighting off that one, and then he applied it on him, and then they had some good you know because I'm a big chain wrestling you know mat technician. Submission fan, right? All that style, you know. So the you know Gargano skates reversing the figure fours and stuff, and then we're not even talking about freaking the Panama Sunrise. That Canadian is one pile of, driver. That is one of the best finishers ever. Well, it's like a freaking running Canadian pile, like one Canadian destroyer. Yeah, 
it's literally one of those, and it's one of the most badass moves out there. And the fact that Gargano kept kicking out for the longest time, it's like, who's going to win this match? I, I honestly didn't know. I'm no, sure and a lot the, of people say how do you, people are, how it was obvious that it was Cole, but it's like why would it be obvious? Yeah, it was like that was one of the that that was another thing that made it so good is you had so many moments was oh okay oh, oh Cole uh, Gargano's gonna retain here oh wait Cole might actually win here oh wait Gargano's gonna win. I mean, I know you know a lot of people's hot picks on that was you know Cole is obvious, which I get you know. Gargano won the first bout, so I thought Cole was going to win, but then there was part of me like, okay, maybe Gargano actually will win this match. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I love line, I love Cole's line, though. It's like, you've had your moment. Now I'm going to have mine. Yeah, that was that was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole match. Because, <laughs> like, say, from, from, what, a story story, from a storytelling. From a storytelling. It's like, you need to stay down. It's my time now, because Gargano kept getting up. Yeah, it's like, from a story, I mean, if you're talking like from a storytelling standpoint, that was the best part of the match. From a storytelling standpoint, yeah, it's like you know Johnny's just like kept getting up and up and up, and Cole's like, no, 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 you're gonna listen, you're gonna, you know, you've had your moment now, it's mine, you're gonna stay down. Say pretty much, you know, telling the defending champion, you know, give up. Yep. It's like you keep fighting, you're just gonna hurt yourself. It's Adam Cole, baby. Time, so that match. Oh, like I said, I mean, if you think of match of the year candidates, it's gonna be up there with you know the Kenny Omega, Jericho's. Oh yeah, all those kind of things. Oh yeah, it has to be. Like I said, it, it, it has to be. So, yeah, well, this wasn't gonna be a massively long episode. We just kind of want to give you our initial reactions of the show, and maybe you guys can let us know. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts about the show before we wrap up? Honestly, it probably has to be takeover of the year so far. Honestly, yeah. Which I'm guessing next table takeover will somehow overdo it because that's the yeah. Because that, I'll, say that's, I'll say that's the seems to be the because like I, up until this, I thought takeover Brooklyn was probably the best one, but <laughs> it's like you know, and then then t- we get takeover twenty five, and it's like watch next takeover probably when's the next takeover. SummerSlam, SummerSlam takeover. So yeah, that 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 one will probably be better than this one because that's how Triple H likes to do things. Once again, I hate the driver stuff. That's what good wrestling should do. You shouldn't become complacent like one thing the rest of the year. It should be trying to outdo each other every year. Oh yeah, Triple H has the right business method. The old man and sitting back there, Goldberg and Undertaker and Lesnar probably doing whatever the fuck he does to his part timers doesn't understand that. No, because like like today, like like this show is a prime. Like I said that's a different rant. I'm sure we'll be ranting that on Tuesday. So well, I don't like this, it. like this, like this, like Takeover 25 was a prime example of how not only to do a wrestling show, how to get people engaged in a wrestling show, and how to get people to ha- be looking forward to your next show. Mm-hmm. You should all, you should Triple H understands completely 100 percent how to kick kick a show off with the right match, get people hot and, and interested. Keep them going through the entire show, how to keep them at the end of the show, and then how to leave people that watch your show get hyped for the next one. Say wanting more. And, and then what's gonna happen and then next on backstage, he's always think he's thinking now, all right, how can my next takeover outdo this one? Mm-hmm. That's the way so, it should be. So he ain't sitting there thinking about this. He, he took his pictures with the guys. Now he's already playing this next couple of weeks of NXT television, next takeover down the road. Yep. Guy thinks ahead. He thinks about storylines and characters. And if he does bring somebody in, 
you know, that's old or hard time if you want to say like Tyler Breeze, they have a great match and put Velvet and puts Velveteen Dream over. Yeah. So I think, you know, like I said, the Vince thing, he's got enough mentions and waste of our time today. That'll be, I'm sure, on Tuesday. Frustrations about him will be vented. Of course. Any final takeaways of the whole show in general before we go? On a scale of like we like to do this on our review shows. On a scale of one to ten, what would you rate Takeover Twenty Five? Ten. I mean, there wasn't one boring spot on the show today. Oh so. no! Oh no! Ten out of ten, solid, easily. If I want to be a bitch, I can say nine point five because of the terrible Saudi Arabia commercials. I say it has nothing was, to do with the show itself. It was just part of it. I was say you you could do that. You you could do that, but that's probably about like the only. Only like, but hell, I'm not even gonna quote that. Ten out of Plus, ten. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let Amazing Pipe be ruined by stupid advertisement that I'm sure Triple H was forced to have. Well, yeah, because it's on Vince's network. But yep, ten out of ten, solid. All right, um, that's my thoughts. You know, your thoughts. I, we're gonna be doing um, our Tuesday show, Raw and SmackDown. So look out for that if you like a little better, nicer set of us. This might be the podcast to listen to, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> We're going to try to pump out at least maybe one or two a week. At, le- well, at least two. Yeah, because we want to talk NXT. Right. I mean, more over now because, you know, we AEW double nothingness makes me miss when we talk about good wrestling. So we're going to at least, you know, we have the mainstream fans that want to talk Raw SmackDown, so they'll get that. They may not like what they want here, but they'll get that. Right. I also want to do positive things like wrestling, you know, just good wrestling and you know, NXT and obviously AEW when it shows up are going to do that. Oh, I say all so, the AEW shows, so yeah. All right. With all that right. being said, I'm your host, Dustin Destruction. I'm the Shapes, the baby. Stay going, my friends. Deuces.